Welcome to Twice Born Podcast. I'm Mike Bailey. If you haven't already, please go to the website twiceborn.net and also you can see videos on YouTube and Facebook. And if you would like to reach out, please email twicebornministry at gmail.com. Enjoy. Uh, my children are both in track and field, and we recognize the importance of a good start. A start is important. And you know, the interesting thing to me today is many of us, we've been around the sun a couple times, right? Uh, we've, had, we've been here. We, we kind of figured it out a little bit. Um, but the truth of the matter is our story, our life, is connecting to his story, and every year is a new chapter. It's a new opportunity. It's a new, um, there's going to be new challenges, new things to celebrate, and just the, the really the, the awe and wonder of that we have another year to live for the Lord. Now, we don't know he could come back. We could go see him. Um, we don't know what this year is going to bring, but we can start it well, and we commit to starting it well. And so we don't want to take for granted the fact that we can really focus our hearts today, focus our minds, and look forward and try to start 2022 praising the Lord. And I would call this, this is our 40 days of listening, 40 days of listening. And so I would, uh, I would challenge you to commit yourself to starting every day with prayer and reading God's word. And if you'd like to join us, you can read a chapter of Acts a week. For the, next, uh, for the next 40 days, for those Sundays, I'm gonna, we're going to go right through Acts, starting in chapter 1. And so if you want to follow along, so what you're reading, I'll be speaking about. Um, there will be a sermon study that you can use. And so we really want to saturate our lives with God's Word together, unified together, as we begin this 2022 and allow the Lord to lead us and guide us. And so we want to get a good start, and uh, I would just challenge you to consider the first 40 days that would lead us into early February of committing to starting each day in prayer, knowing that my brothers and sisters are doing the same thing and reading from the book of Acts. And so for me, growing up in the church, um, my dad was a pastor. Um, we, I went to church literally every moment it was open, and I mowed the church's yard, and I cleaned the church's bathrooms. I knew the church inside and out. Um, I was no stranger to the church, but I, to be honest with you, when I was growing up at a young age, um, I would listen to my Sunday school teachers, and I would look around, and sometimes I wondered, do these people really believe what they're saying? Do they really believe this is true? Is this genuine and authentic to them? Do they really, when they go home, do they, does this apply to every other area of their life, or is this just Sunday church you mark it off, you do it, and that's all. And so the question I have for myself is now as a pastor and adult, do I believe what I say I believe? And does my life reflect that? And as I begin a new year, how can I continue or even take the next steps in my spiritual journey, in my spiritual walk? And I think the question we need to ask is, what does God want to do in 2022? What does God want to do and what does he want me to do? How can I follow him? How can I mature and grow and be what he wants me to be in this new year? And so that's the question we're going to ask as we dive into God's word so that hopefully when people look at us, they say that's someone who believes what they say they believe. Their life reflects the belief. And if you're here and you're questioning some of these things and you're just looking into this, I'm glad you're here. 
Because we're going to talk about what it means to be a follower of Christ. What does it mean to be a believer? And that is so important to know before you make the decision. I wish everybody understood what it meant to be a follower of Christ. What does it mean to receive and believe? What does it mean to repent and come to Christ as your Savior? And how does that play out the rest of your life? And so that's what we're going to be talking about. So wherever you are in your, in your life's journey, I'm glad you're here. And, I, and my prayer is that he speaks to everyone exactly where we are and helps us to take another step towards him. And so let's precede his word with prayer and ask him to guide our conversation. Father God, we thank you for another wonderful day. What a beautiful day. But Lord, we know that this life is cursed by sin and is temporary and that one day you'll be returning to restore all things, Lord, and that you will establish your kingdom for eternity. And Lord, as we prepare for that, Lord, help us today as we live in your story um, to align ourselves with you. Lord, we pray that our hearts would be open, our minds would be open, our thoughts, and Lord, that nothing would keep us, there would be no sin, there would be no um, bitterness or anger that would keep us from following you wherever you lead us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would protect our minds, protect our thoughts, uh, protect us now as we know the enemy is attacking. And Lord, we pray that you would help us through these times to grow strong so that when we leave this place, that we can be light and salt in our houses, in our neighborhoods, on the streets, in the stores, wherever we are, that we would be a reflection of you. And Lord, I just thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us a place we can look and find truth and hear you speak to us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do that now. Help us to understand it as we go into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And so as we start a new year, and people make New Year's resolutions. How many of you made a New Year's resolution? How many of you have already broken your New Year's resolution? Right? My New Year's resolution is not to make a New Year's resolution. So I have been successful. But you know, if we're not intentional in life, here's the one thing I've learned. If you're not intentional, something will intentionally happen. Right? If you don't make your schedule, someone will make it for you. Uh, if you don't pursue certain things, certain things will pursue you. And usually the things that pursue you typically are not good things, are not healthy things. I know, I don't understand it, but sugar pursues me all the time. <laughs> Donuts and cookies and all these things. I don't know why sugar just wants to be part of my life. If I'm not intentional about avoiding that evil sugar, then it will find me and it will, it will ruin my life. But you know, the truth is, for most people, for most people, worry, fear, and selfishness become their starting line every year. You know, we worry, we have fear, and we have selfishness, and unfortunately, if we're not intentional, that can become our starting line for this year. And so as we read and we begin in the book of Acts, chapter 1, we don't want those things to be our starting line. We want, we want the Lord to lead us past those things so that we have a healthy starting line for a new year. And just some context, um, we have Luke as the author of Acts. He also authored the book of Luke. He was uh, commissioned, meaning that he was financially supported to write these books so that we would have an accurate eyewitness account of what happened. And if you read the book of Luke, which we read many portions of that for Christmas, we give an accurate account of Christ's birth and his life and his death and his resurrection. And now Acts gives us an accurate account of his ascension and the beginning of the church. 
Acts is giving us a picture of who we are, what our purpose is, why we're here, what we're to be doing. And so this is how the book of Acts, now the Acts, some people say it's the Acts of the Apostles, some people say it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit, but what we know it to be is the account of the birth of the church and what the church is to do. It gives us our purpose, our origin, and it gives us a mission for us to all go and pursue in the name of Christ. And so as we begin, uh, I believe we see the problem. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, it says this, Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. And so the disciples, Christ has, has lived a perfect life. He's died on a cross. He was dead for three days. He rose again, and he gives us salvation. That's the gospel. And he, now his disciples, he's shown himself to around 400 people to show himself that this is true. You can trust this. I am truly alive. I'm going to be seated on the right hand of the Father. Uh, but before I leave, I'm going to give you a mission. Now, they're assuming he's still going to go take over the Roman Empire, and they're going to have uh, seats in that, uh, that power authority, and they're going to be something special within a government. But he says, no, 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 you've misunderstood. Yes, I will rule here on earth at one day, but that's not today. What I'm starting is bigger than the Roman government or the Roman Empire. What I'm starting will change the world like nothing has ever changed the world. My death, burial, and resurrection are the greatest event in human history. And when you understand that and you go share that, you're part of the reason you exist, the reason I created you, the reason that I'm coming again. And so the problem for many of us is we have the wrong point of view. We have the wrong perspective in many of the world. They're looking for earthly things. We're looking for earthly things this year. I need to get more of something. My, you know, my bank account needs to grow. My retirement account needs to grow. I need to get new stuff. And many times that can be our starting line, but that is a selfish starting line. And if you start at a selfish starting line, you're going to find yourself full of fear and anxiety. Because those are the things that they produce. The seeds of selfishness, when you plant them, they grow into fear and into anxiety. And that's why very, many times you can find people that are very wealthy, but they have a lot of anxiety and stress because those seeds grow and they grow into something. And God doesn't want us to fall into that trap. He did not create us to be selfish. God did not create me to look out just for me. He had, a, he had a much grander plan, a much grander purpose. And so that's where we find God's answer to how we should start 2022 here in verses 6 through 11, starting in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the important word I see in this passage is the word witness. You will be my witnesses. You know, I've made the mistake in my life that, that I thought he said, you will be my lawyers. And I was going to prove to everyone that God was real and Jesus is real. And I'm going to come up with every apologetic. And I'm going to find out why this is absolutely true. And I'm going to convince and I'm going to talk everyone into believing this because I'm going to be his lawyer. But he doesn't want me to be his lawyer. Sometimes I feel like I, I'm supposed to be his judge. 
they're sinners, they're sinners. Look at all the evil things they're doing. Sinner, sinner, sinner. And I was putting myself in the position of judge that I had been left here to be his judge to help him judge everyone around me and make sure that they knew how bad they were and how much of a sinner they were and do my very best to be the judge. But he didn't call me to be his judge. He didn't call me to be his lawyer. He didn't call me to even be the reporter that reports on the case. He called me to be his witness. A witness is someone who sees and experiences something that transforms their life. A witness is someone who sees and experiences something that transforms their life. And so he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Not just here in Jerusalem, but Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Do you realize at this very moment, Port Orange is the ends of the earth? We're about as far away from where he said this as you can get on planet earth. You and I are gathered here this morning because there was power in the witness of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Somebody saw it, and they witnessed it to someone else, and when the Holy Spirit entered them, they witnessed the, the power of the Holy Spirit in life, and they witnessed, and they had experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, and through generation to generation until some point, someone in your life was a witness. You know, you didn't come to Christ because of a judge or a lawyer. You came to Christ because of a witness. And as we start out 2022, we're, we're called to be witnesses this year. Are you ready to be a witness? This is an amazing thing about the witness. The witness is to live a regular life doing regular things, just ready to give an account of what they've seen and experienced. You are called to live a regular life with regular people. And when the judge asks you to give an account, you give an account of what you've seen and experienced. So there's no pressure. It means when the Holy Spirit says, now is the time I want you to witness for me to your son, to your daughter, to your neighbor, to your coworker, then witness. What have you seen God do in your life? What is Christ doing in your life? What is the Holy Spirit doing in your life? You witness, I, am, I was lost and I am saved. And in my salvation, my life is transformed. And so we're called to be witnesses. That's the beginning, the starting line. But that's, you know, it's easy to say it. It's easy for us to, to consider. But how do we do that? How do we truly become witnesses? Well, we continue on in verse 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking in the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you to heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now, it's interesting here. There's two. I always thought it was two angels, but it says two men in white. It could have been Moses and Elijah. We don't know. But what they say to them is, Jesus has ascended into heaven. Now, if I saw Jesus and you saw Jesus ascending into heaven, I'm sure we would stare like, that's amazing. How did that happen? Where is he going? How can I do that? Right? All these things that are going through our minds as we watch him ascend into heaven. But there's these two guys that we know are connected to Christ. They're in white robes. And they say, stop looking into the sky and go get busy. Stop just waiting for him to come back. He'll come back when he's going to come back. You only have this much time. Go. 
Be my witnesses. Get busy witnessing to Jerusalem, Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You see, the challenge, and I think for us, as, for those of you that are Christians and you grew up in the church and you love Jesus and you love our Wednesday Bible study and you love getting into the word, I think the temptation is we keep looking for Christ to come back and we miss getting busy being witnesses when really we'll have eternity to learn and grow. But we only have this time to be witnesses to those that are lost. And so as we begin a new year, I think it is so vital for us to remind ourselves, to to recommit ourselves to the fact that we are to be witnesses and to be witnesses with my life, to be witnesses when the Holy Spirit calls upon me to be a witness, when the Holy Spirit puts people in my life um, even within the last two weeks, God has put so many people in my life and my family's life that we were able to share the gospel with. And it wasn't something I planned. It wasn't something I was going after. It wasn't something I was trying to make happen. It happened to me. The Holy Spirit is organizing all of these conversations. And he's saying, when I call upon you, I need you to be my witness. And what are you to witness? You're to witness the gospel and how it's transformed your life. And so the mission is to go and tell, not wait and see, right? The mission is to go and tell. It's a witnessing. It's a sharing. It's not I'm waiting for something to happen. It's already happened. Now I have to witness it and share it and let everybody know about it. Continuing on, when they arrived, they went upstairs, and this is the group, to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And so we look at a new year. This 2022, we have a starting line. We want to start this year well. We understand through Acts in this first chapter that we're called to be witnesses. We're called to be witnesses. Witness meaning that I'm experiencing the Holy Spirit's work in my life. That I'm seeing answered prayer. That I'm having victory in my life. That I have the peace that passes understanding. That things that used to make me angry aren't making me angry anymore. The Holy Spirit is beginning to grow his fruit within me. That I'm beginning to have peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. And that I have a grace for those around me. And I have a peace that is prevalent in my life. These are the things that the Holy Spirit does when you're his witness. He begins to grow these and mature these within you. And so the question is, how does that happen? How does that happen? And the answer is right here. They gathered together in a room. And what did they do? They prayed. They preceded everything with prayer. They recognized the fertilizer, the the sun, the water of this kind of growth, this kind of fruit was prayer. The word of God and the commitment to prayer was what was going to allow them to be witnesses. Maybe this morning you say, well, I haven't really witnessed much. I don't even sense God in my life. I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't experienced him in a while. I don't, I don't have, I'm not ready to witness because I haven't really witnessed much. Well, the answer is precede everything in prayer. 
Begin your day in prayer. Begin your meal in prayer. Begin any major decision in prayer. Begin any minor decision in prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is submitting to the authority of God at that moment and saying, I know you love me. You know what's best for me. Help me to be obedient. I want your will to be done, not mine. I need your provision I can't provide. I need your guidance where I go is probably not the right place. In everything that you do, in every area of your life, the connection for power, the connection to live into what you were created to be is through connecting to God through prayer. The power of prayer. Look what happens in verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers of a group numbering about 120. Do you realize today approximately 3 billion people will gather in a church to read from this word and to sing praises and to acknowledge the existence of Jesus Christ and to speak of heavenly things. And that all started with 120 people that gathered together and prayed. You want to talk about power. You want to talk about something that is greater than all of us is the fact that when we gather and we pray, things can happen that none of us can explain. He took 12, now we see 120, then we see 3,000, and now we have 3 billion. There's only one answer to that. It wasn't because there was really smart people or really powerful people. Actually, the wealthy and powerful rejected Christianity in its initial years. It was faithfulness to following God's will no matter what he called them to do. There was power in prayer. They were witnesses. I can't explain everything. I can't explain all the science of it. I can't explain all the logic of it. I can't explain how miracles work. But I can explain how I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind and now I'm seeing. I was dead spiritually and I'm alive. And he has healed me and he is healing me. And he's growing me and maturing me. And my thoughts are no longer my own. They're his. I have a love for people I never loved before. I have a peace I never had before. I have a patience I never had before. Because of the spirit of God's power within my life. And I just want to witness to you. I just want to share to you that I'm not a great person. I'm not an amazing person. I'm a lost person that's saved by the grace of God. And what you see that is good in me is because he is good. And that's what we're here to do. That's the mission. The gospel produces that. The Holy Spirit begins to do a work within you that you're ready at every moment to share the good news of Christ with the people around you. And it is natural. And it is part of who you are because he begins to make it part of who you are. And so this morning, we want to apply this principle We want to apply the principle of preceding 2022 in prayer. And so I've asked some leaders here in the church to come forward. And we're going to take a time where we have focused prayer. And we ask the Lord to lead us and to guide us. And we're going to pray for the lost in the world. We're going to pray for our leaders because we are told by Paul through the Holy Spirit that we are to regularly pray for our earthly leaders. We're going to pray for the church, our church, and the churches of the world. And we're going to pray for our friends and our family, the people that we have the closest relationships to, that as we begin 2022, 
that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can testify of the goodness of God in our lives.